Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the SaaS Universe podcast brought to you by Efficient Capital Labs. My guest today is someone who is very calm and composed and gave me the feeling that nothing can shake him. This is his unmistakable voice. Hey Ben, how are you? Thanks for having me today. That's Lakshman, the co-founder of Outplay. Now what's interesting is that the Outplay office in Chennai share their space with us as both of us are in the same co-working space. And over the last few months, I thought I'd definitely bump into Lakshman along these beautiful corridors, but alas, I was disappointed. Lakshman had other plans. He ended up in San Francisco, in the Bay Area. Disappointed that I couldn't even get to sit across him, I was quite excited when he finally agreed to speak with me, even though it was over the air. Now, getting a common time with Lakshman is a little more difficult than most people expect. He's an extremely busy person, that's the first thing. And the time zones, well, we're quite far away nearly 11 and a half hours. Now, my conversation was a little unusual to say the least. I thought I'd be speaking with him on Outplay, but I ended up talking more about his experiences in entrepreneurship. We visited his first venture and his second venture a couple of times, as that was where he seemed to have made all the mistakes that I kept asking him to talk about. But the most interesting story I got out of him was about him and his co-founder. Both me and my, my brother, he's my co-founder right now, my elder brother. So we both started off as bloggers. We, we both have had individual blogs and then we also created a network of blogs with fellow bloggers. Wow. I was quite taken aback at this point because it's not every day you see SaaS companies run by brothers. I mean, this was the first one that I had come across. So. I had to reiterate and ask again if it was really his big brother. I'm in business with the big brother. It's been 10 years. So fortunate to have him. Uh, he takes care of technology, product, and everything else. Uh, and I take care of the business side of things. Sales, marketing, HR, funding, and everything else. Now, I need to sidetrack here a bit because there's a fundamental aspect that most people don't realize when going into business. And that's the issue of trust. I know many companies, SaaS and non-SaaS, that have crumbled because the founders didn't trust each other. In fact, trust is the single huge factor when it comes to working together in an entrepreneurial setting. We'll talk about this golden word a little more as we explore the world of startups and SaaS. But for now, coming back to this episode, Lakshman has this sorted. Been so fortunate to have him as a co-founder. And I talk about this whenever I meet other startup friends. The trust factor and the comfort levels of talking everything genuinely out of the heart and in the raw form is marvelous. Like that. That's the best thing. Now, the thing is that the more I spoke with Lakshman, the more he reminded me that he made all his mistakes in App Virality, his first company. 
This is the part of the conversation I said was a little unusual. Since Outplay is my like second startup and a third product, probably I faced a lot of things in the first product or the second product, and that's where all the learnings come from. But the first, the biggest learning for us when we started first product app, where empty probably that will make more sense for your learners. And that is when I realized I'm talking with a seasoned startup entrepreneur. This is his third venture, and he's already made all his mistakes in the other two. So, should be smooth sailing, right? But his humility struck me hard as he took the time to explain all the misconceptions that founders have but shouldn't. This is where I will keep quiet and let the maestro speak so that you can listen to words of wisdom. Uh, we, we just came out of the college and we just thought it's as easy as building a blog and making money through AdSense and private advertisements. Right? But uh, that's not the case. Before you build a product, you have to do a lot of stuff. Like you have to find who is your ICP, you have to talk to some, you have to build an MVP, and then you have to go into the market, then collect feedback. A lot of process that you typically have to do. But as a first-time founder, you always think like, okay, no, I have to get the right product on day one. Otherwise, people won't buy. That's not correct. And you always think you're the first one to think of that idea and you're not supposed to share with anyone because others will copy. That's so stupid. Uh, if no one else is doing it, probably you have to be even more careful of whether you really want to build it or not. Because, I mean, in this, this century, if you think you're the only one with that idea, then God bless you. <laughs> so a lot of mistakes and a lot of learnings that we picked up from previous products, previous startups to the so in Outplay, I don't see much of a, a thing as a starter. But once you've scaled the business, once you've raised money, once your team grows past 100 people, then that's a different game altogether. Like 0 to 1 million is a different story, 1 to 10 is a different story. So now all my challenges are around, okay, how can we grow? Now we, we're going to be like 200, 300 people. So how to do the people management, how to hire right people, how to assemble all of them together so that we all work towards our mission, uh, how to take it to 10 million in revenues. A lot of new challenges. It's an exciting day every day, also learning constantly. Now, no business is without its challenges and it does not matter how many times you've founded a company. The journey is tough. It has not been any different for Lakshman and his co-founder. 100%. It's not easy. In respect of even if you're doing your 10th one or the 11th one, it doesn't matter. Uh, it all depends on your idea. It all depends on the timing. As we said, you could build a lot early. You could be. You could build a lot late as well. Uh, so timing has to matter. Market has to matter. And uh, some of the things that are not in your hand, like COVID, like market recession that we are all going through, and then these are all on top of it, like a cherry on top of the cake. You never know what comes up. Right? So with all these, it, it wasn't easy for us. It took, I guess, uh, it took 16 months or something, if I remember properly, to hit our first million. Uh, but the previous experience helps a lot, obviously. Otherwise, if you're a first-time founder, I mean, unless you are, you are super lucky with all of these things, like timing, product, and all that, 
it's not easy to hit first first one million. I I saw companies doing it in three years, two years. Uh, my first one took more than two years. So, uh, all these learnings will only help you avoid some of the things that you already know, and you don't have to go through the odd learnings. But otherwise, it'll never get it. First of one million is always always a big thing, always a celebration for every founder. There is one celebration that trumps the celebration of a founder hitting his first million dollars in revenue. That is your first sale. Lakshman remembers his first paying customer quite fondly. Oh yeah, I do remember. Uh, our first client was a recruiter, Australia. Uh, paid $90, I guess. For two users, $90. Just on the Stripe, I got that first notification on the Stripe on my email. Someone paid, so that's the first one. And and that customer was there until very recently. With all the recession and all, the recruiting has business has gone for a toss. So they have churned out recently, but uh, she was there for almost three years. It's a fantastic feeling to see someone just coming out of the blue, just pay for your plan, whatever it is. Doesn't matter, it's one dollar or hundred dollars, but someone just paying for the product is that's an amazing feeling. So getting your first client, that's great, and it leads to other clients, and essentially that means more revenue. And like Lakshman said earlier, there is a celebration when you hit that $1 million milestone. It is a journey to get there, and it doesn't just happen by magic. Growth means that you need funds, and to get funds, you need revenue, and so sometimes you can get stuck in this continuous loop. Now, some companies would take the leap, get an investor to come in, and give them the money they need, while others might be more linear and want a gentle growth with their longer gameplay in mind. Many times we end up thinking that we don't need the big infusion of money. The question is not if we need it, but rather what we need it for. The fact is you need to know what you're going to do with the funds that you raise. Lakshman puts it in a very polite way, but he and his brother chose a more aggressive stance when it came to funding. We never had a super clarity around where do we gonna spend two million, but then we know that the product is going board, we customers are paying and all that stuff. So that's a requirement to invest more on your engineering and your team. So when we raised two million, it was purely towards building a great product and great team. Uh, and then the later 8 million when we reached, then we had clarity around where to invest. So what kind of marketing activities we have to do to scale it even further. So that's when we have raised the next round of funding when we had full clarity around how to spend this money. So when I asked him why they decided to dilute their equity to raise money as opposed to saving that equity for a future better valuation, I got an insight from him that gives you clarity on how focused they were on what they were doing. We were not really kind of keen on exploring those at that point because, I mean, we we needed more money to run it as we want to have that fast growth, we want to have that things quickly done versus these revenue-based financing and all are great options if you want to go slow, sustainable and all that stuff, which is a great thing to do. So at Tofus KK, if we had gone, we had gone that route. I don't know how much we would have raised, or maybe I, I don't know whether that would have met our requirements of building that team. 
so but in this case we are going after a big market and we know like this this can go big if executes properly so in this case we want to have a partner who can not just help us with the money but can help us with a lot of things like recruiting entering into the US market building a team in the US here a lot of other things that we see also brings on the table a great partner not all we see so not all the partners but if you choose carefully in the right way uh, this can be a big advantage versus not just the funding which anyways would come uh, when they invest so that's the other route but i have i have good set of friends who took the other way around and built the completely bootstrapped or took this non dilution more methods so what is this insight that is there you ask well speed of scaling outplay was extremely clear that they had the market and they were ready to make that catapult jump that needed the money for that very purpose they were very focused and driven so the question i ask our listeners is simple why you raised do you know what you're going to do with your money even when lakshman raised 2 million and was not in total clarity they still knew that the money should go to product and team it was already on their minds it was all it was all perfect at the right time right partners right kind of money we didn't raise like we didn't raise too much we didn't raise too low we raised what we have what we need one potential way to look at the way you approach funding could be as follows until you are 100% sure that you need a massive infusion of finance to make that catapult growth don't raise against equity if you do need funds then raise against revenue you can take that money to ensure that your product is improved and in doing so increase your value that is potentially a hybrid approach that's a fantastic model it all depends on again at what stage are you how much money you have for yourself to spend before you kind of take that conscious approach uh but if it's possible that's the best way to do it so just dilute on your first round and just go for one of those options hit your first million and then raise as a founder you'll have a lot more control and a lot more ownership in it 100% the best way to do it if you can do it in my humble opinion as an entrepreneur myself i have to say a hybrid approach is perhaps the best option after consideration of all factors included depending on what your idea is what the market is how much potential for growth there is and knowing how much money is needed for your growth journey you will have to take informed decisions on what type of funding you will need i'll give lakshman the last words here as he closes out the conversation with me with a fantastic piece of advice for every new founder out there one big advice is if you should know about startups or if you have this each to do something in your life rather than a simple job I would have joined a startup. I would have worked there for at least one to two years. A startup of size of Outplay. Worked closely with the founders and learned a lot before starting. That can save you five years literally. Working in a startup for one year before you start will save you five more years. Even if you are 
the best guy out there and you could you have all the resources to start right from college itself still i would recommend you to work for a startup one two years think think of it like your startup and do everything that you want to do and you will still save at least two to four years in your own startup as an aspiring entrepreneur you now know what is the first thing you need to do go ahead get that job at a startup work in the founder's office closely with the founders once you've done that start your business make mistakes enhance your product find your icp and so on and when the time is right raise funds in a way that is advantageous to you if that means taking revenue based financing options early on to sustain until the market catches up so that you can scale then do that alternatively if you're looking for bridge rounds back it with your revenue that you already are earning ultimately remember it's your choice and as a founder you need to make those decisions that are best for your company well it was awesome talking with lakshman on this sas universe podcast and if you have any questions that you'd like to ask about revenue based financing or have questions that you would like to have asked on the show please feel free to reach out to me at podcast@ubersaga.com And also if you think you know of a founder we should talk to please let us know at the same email id so till the next episode have a good one that's all for today folks thank you for tuning into the sas universe podcast and remember if you're looking for non dilutive capital to help grow your business efficient capital labs is here to help With their unique approach, you can receive up to 60% of your projected revenue as upfront capital and all within just 3 days. So don't wait. Head to www.ecaplabs.com to learn more and get started today. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on the show.